This guy is way undervalued. This card is a pop one. I just don't understand why this Hall of Famer isn't fetching Hall of Fame prices. Why are nobody buying cards from this set? I hear this stuff all the time, and today, I'm going to challenge your thinking. What's up, wrestling fans and trading card collectors? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Cards. So today, I'm going to talk about wrestling cardboard relevance. I've mentioned this a few times in previous podcasts, both here and on Worlds Collide, as well as on my YouTube channel, Wrestling With Cards. Again, please go check out all of those fine shows out whenever you have time. Links in the show notes. But in today's show, I'm going to break down cardboard relevance and how does it apply to your collection or your collecting going forward. But before we get into today's uh, interesting topic, I'll call it, just some reminders of a few ways that you can help show your support for my content. You're already here listening on whatever popular podcast platform you're listening to this on. Hit that subscribe button and leave me a review if you haven't already. Maybe most importantly, share this with a friend. Share this with a family member, somebody in the hobby, a wrestling fan, sports car collector. It doesn't matter. Just share this on social media. Share it with everyone. Make sure to check out Wrestling With Cards on YouTube. That's my main hub for content. It's where I started. That's where I'm getting definitely more consistent over there because I have a little bit more time for that than I do for this show. But hey, we're here. We're still trying to pump out podcasts. A lot of good stuff on that. Just again, search Wrestling With Cards on YouTube. You should be able to find it and subscribe to that as well. And once again, share. If you want more wrestling card podcast content because you just can't get enough of it, and maybe because you're sick of me taking too long to get these episodes out, make sure to check out Worlds Collide Wrestling Card Podcast. Myself and Tony Vela each week getting together to talk about, well, who knows what. It's wrestling card related. And sometimes it's a silly topic, sometimes it's more serious in-depth. Sometimes we have guests on to just discuss things in a roundtable format. You never know. But it's available on all popular podcast platforms as well. Just search Worlds Collide Wrestling Card Podcast. You should be able to find it. And when you find it, please subscribe, leave us a review. Make sure to check out Wrestling With Cards on Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help show your support by getting your name in the credits of the videos. You can get exclusive merchandise, maybe discounts to my eBay store, which we'll talk about in a minute. And you can even join the booking committee. No, no, not the WCW booking committee, the Wrestling With Cards booking committee. You can check out my eBay store, Beast Mode Collectibles. Been running that thing forever. And we've got tons of cards, as little as $1.50 shipped. We've got discounts for the more you buy. And you never know what I'm going to have for sale over there. Social links, again, at Zan Morning, pretty much on every social platform, I think, at this point. At least all the major ones. But if you need help with that, you can check the show notes. I've got links to my social platforms as well. And of course, links to buy me a coffee. Gotta stay caffeinated to keep doing these videos, keep doing the podcasts, again, when I have time, and just keep doing everything related to the hobby. So let's start off with what I'm talking about when I say cardboard relevance. And then we'll break that down as far as how it applies to wrestling cards. Cardboard relevance means how sought after someone's cards are. So let's take a Hulk Hogan, uh, Roman Reigns, Rock, Ric Flair, Steve Austin. These guys all have pretty big collector bases. Now let's compare that to sports cards. Maybe like a Tom Brady, a Michael Jordan, Babe Ruth, LeBron James. All those guys also have huge collector bases. People constantly looking for the best of the best of those cards. These guys are definitely cardboard relevant. Then you have both in wrestling and sports cards, legends, hall of famers, middle tier talent, younger talent to prospect on, and everything in between. Some of the names in those categories are cardboard relevant, some are not. Some are kind of floating somewhere in between. That means that some of the names in these categories could have decent collector bases, 
little to no collector base, or again, maybe somewhere in between. Because as I've said in the past, every card has a market of some sort, regardless of the value or whether it's one person or a million people interested in that card, that set, that parallel, whatever. But my issue comes from hearing so many people constantly talking about wrestling cards with these phrases that I started the show off with. Undervalued, underappreciated, pop one. Why is this Hall of Famer or future Hall of Famer not getting the love? Why are the prices not what they, quote, should be? And why people just aren't interested in certain cards of people that maybe were important in the 80s or the Attitude Era and they just don't have any love for their cardboard. Let's break all that down. So the term undervalued. This guy's underpriced. That guy's undervalued. This grading company is up and coming. Blah, blah, blah. I hear this over and over again. And maybe I'm the one in the wrong here. Maybe I'm the one that just doesn't see it. Maybe I'm the one that just is so short-sighted that I don't get it. But I guess from my perspective, when talking about value, meaning monetary value, I always go for the blue chip stuff. The tried and true things that I can count on. This is also why I don't rip wax and why I don't really prospect. Although I do think it's interesting that I started prospecting, carrying cross cards, and now that's become my super collection. And carrying cross is not exactly what I would call blue chip cards to buy. But it's one of those things that I've just kind of put to the side and it's like, hey, I'm having fun with this. I'm making money over on the right to pay the left stuff, that kind of thing. Now, if we're talking strictly PC items or entertainment that you get from anything that's hobby related, the value, it's off the table. In my opinion, whatever your PC is, regardless of what it is or how much it's worth, it's your collection. And again, if you just love ripping wax for fun, hey, that's great. Have a blast with that form of entertainment. But I think that people are pretty much just prospecting on random things at this point within wrestling, hoping that they can make some money or push an agenda. And again, yeah, that's the nature of the hobby. I get that. It has been for years. But we aren't necessarily talking about rookie prospecting here. Pop one. It's the only one available, pal. This is one of my biggest pet peeves. It's rare. It's scarce. It's undervalued because there's only one. Now, in some circumstances, a pop one or a low pop count in general, it may be valued, especially if you're looking for, like, set registry, building a set through one of the grading companies. But for the most part, pop one items, excluding, like, a one of one, it's because there either haven't been that many graded, or people simply deem the card as being cardboard irrelevant and not worth grading. Meaning, most people haven't cared enough about that card to grade it. Let's pick some examples, and again, just kind of random stuff I'm pulling from my head here. How about a 1991 Merlin Skinner card? Or a 1990 classic Coco Beware? Or a mid-2000s top heritage of, I don't know, pick a mid-card talent? Just pick someone. I see many people touting these types of cards on social media, and I just don't get it. Zan, just let the people collect what they like and what they want to collect. Absolutely. I already said that in this podcast earlier. I said... Hey, if it's a PC item, it doesn't matter what you're spending it on. And I talked about my Killer Cross Super Collection. Don't plan on selling that anytime soon, and I don't know that I'll really make a dime on it. But if people are truly collecting these types of cards that they're saying are rare because it's Pop 1, I don't care that it's Pop 1 of a 1991 Impel base card or whatever it is. I want to know the stories behind why and not just because it's Pop 1. And also don't give me that, oh, it's a Pop 1, so it's rare, BS. Again, 99% of the time... That's just code for somebody pumping what they're trying to sell. Or what they're really heavily invested in that maybe they're going to sell eventually. Hall of Fame legends 
future Hall of Famers. This guy's a four-time WWE Hall of Famer and his prices aren't what Hulk Hogan's are. This guy's a future Hall of Famer and his prices are definitely going to go to the moon when that documentary drops on Peacock. Now I just made some stuff up there, but in all seriousness, that's the kind of stuff that I see people say about certain aspects of the wrestling card hobby. And once again, I know this happens in all different aspects of the hobby, but it seems like people are really grasping for straws within wrestling. And don't get me wrong, I'm one of the biggest wrestling card history fans out there. I'm not saying I know the most, but I'm just a fan, strictly a fan of going back and learning stuff that I don't know. Whether that's something like the Spirit Squad's run in the WWE during the mid-2000s, or learning about any of the monster superhero tribute gimmicks that popped up in the 80s and 90s Independence or Japan or Memphis. I love learning. And even though, in my opinion, some of the legends of wrestling's past do deserve their time in the spotlight, the hobby might not agree. Just like in sports. There are tons of Hall of Famers in baseball, basketball, football, and other aspects of the hobby. They have awesome cards, but nobody cares about them from a mainstream perspective. Nobody cares about them from a comma and zero perspective. It just is what it is. And I think that's something that a lot of people within the wrestling card hobby have a hard time grasping because they maybe haven't experienced that from the sports card side and able to transition it into wrestling cards. And I know wrestling cards are a little bit different than sports cards. Many of us have established that. But it's something that is a parallel that I've seen kind of cross over. So why do people not care about my campaign to push Keith Lee cards? Why do people not care about my Pop 1 PSA 8 of an overprinted early 90s set that I'm trying to sell on Twitter? Why do people not give Bruno San Martino the respect he deserves in the hobby? Maybe it's because they just aren't cardboard relevant. Now again, that doesn't mean that these types of cards or talents don't have a place in the hobby and don't belong in someone's collection. It just means that maybe they aren't going to go to the moon, so to speak, like many people continue to push them as such. What do you think of today's topic? What do you think of cardboard relevancy? Reach out to me on social platforms. Let me know, am I right? Am I wrong? Maybe both. You can find all my social media contacts in the show notes. And hey, while you're there, take a second to check out all of the other ways that you can help show your support for my content in those links. Please subscribe to this, whatever you're listening to this on. Leave me a review on whatever podcast platform you choose. And until next time, keep collecting, keep having fun. We'll see you.